0: there i'm putting you on top of an organ
1: let's see if that helps let's see is it is it still there yeah you're coming through good now all right
0: but but the thing is i mean but do i look beautiful from this position
1: (laughs) there's not going to be any video so (laughs) you're solid (laughs) the i think the magic organ did it
0: there we go man uh this was a a free uh what do they call these things the the push button organs the uh, electric uh air organs i used to call them mm-hmm. That because a speaker is basically like a an air horn you know
1: yeah you it's like the, down, the, whatever you call it i don't know yeah. yes
0: well, somebody gave me one recently, and I, I grew up with these things. I love these fucking things.
1: Um, You're going to put it on anyway, the next Shadow Witch album?
0: Oh, God knows. I don't know. Jeremy, Jer- you know, Jeremy doesn't like me to do too much. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I'm always trying to put my own little spin on things that I get away with putting Mellotron on stuff. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. I put down, I put down like, 50 vocal parts and i've got like mellotron parts and shit everywhere um and he's like i get this look he gives he gives me this look and it's like basically it's like no pull back girl you got to pull back there's <laughs> Rain there's, it there's well, not enough there's, there's not enough room for guitar solos if you put all that stuff on there
1: <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny just, uh, I somebody else was saying that recently, and they're just, uh oh, you know who it was? I was talking to Eric from uh uh from Thunderbird, and he was yeah, like, yeah. saying how they try all kinds of shit, and sometimes right. they're just like yeah, it doesn't work, just start, fucking get rid of it, and they're like oh, it works, yep. but like just five seconds of it. fanatics this is the latest entry in the diary of doom i'm your cypher dylan and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers every week we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn you can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com follow us on instagram at diaryofdoom like us on facebook follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com and subscribe and listen to the podcast on itunes and spotify and if you have a question or want to pitch me something or whatever you can fire off an email to diary of doom 1968 at gmail.com and joining us for this chapter is a much delayed guest uh from, from last year um for obvious reasons uh earl walker lundy he does vocals and a lot of other noise for the band shadow witch so thank you for finally getting on here earl
0: absolutely my brother are we going nuts again is it logging out again
1: no i can hear you fine okay good 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 all right i think i can hear you fine hello testing one two you sound good all right okay Hold on one second. Sorry, <laughs> phone's blowing up. We're having all kinds of issues tonight. That's all right. Yeah. So uh, since you being a man, well, with you the, know, it is the a fucking names,
0: full moon, dude. It's the wolf moon.
1: You know what? You're you're right. I I went outside to move <laughs> my car, and the moon was insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is the one that the the wolves like it. And some people call it a hunter's moon, but it's the wolf moon because that's when they hunt.
1: Hmm. The OG hunters.
0: Oh Jesus, yes. I, I remember years ago I when I you were you were saying earlier you must be living in the boonies because of uh, the way things are sounding. But uh, years ago I did live in the boonies up up here in upstate and I remember a wolf moon. It was like three in the morning, and I actually outside my window started hearing this noise of like footfalls. And then I heard other noises that were clearly not human. And uh, I ended up going outside and there was like a 30 foot drop behind my house down to another ridge. Um, this is up in Palinville and um, below Hunter Mountain. And there were all these wolves and they were just like the the pack was moving through the woods, like very joyfully moving through the woods, uh, looking 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 to score, you know? <laughs> anywho,
1: yeah, anywho um <laughs> so you're so you're based out of the boonies, uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, um
0: yeah, well, actually, no. boonies.
1: <laughs> well, actually, no, I was gonna lead in with um, you're not from around these parts, and by these parts, I mean now you're based out of the Hudson Valley area, but uh yeah, where well, you you know, where did you grow up, and how did that affect your early experiences with music?
0: Well my friend I, I'm from I'm I'm from I'm from South Mississippi and uh <laughs> <laughs> uh I did not leave Mississippi until I was like 19 20 years old um I mean I I I traveled a little bit you know uh I used to hang out in New Orleans a lot and um I'd been to a few cities in the south but I moved and you know I moved to New York moved to Manhattan uh, in, you know, Jesus fucking Christ in like 82, um, as a young man. And, um, yeah, it was very different. Got to meet the queen of the Bowery and all that good stuff. But yeah, uh, growing up in Mississippi, it was very different, obviously, from even the boonies up here. Uh, I think I was in one of the first punk bands in Mississippi. Um, and, uh, that was awful fun, you know, because if you were in a punk band in Mississippi, it was kind of assumed that you were queer, um, uh, which ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, it was, it was an interesting place to be from. Uh, and it definitely affects what you put into music. Um, I, you know, but I came from a musical family. Uh, one of my cousins was, um, this guy named Chris Etheridge, who was in a band, little, little old band called the Flying Burrito Brothers. with Oh, um, no shit. Yeah, man. He was the bass player for the Flying Burrito Brothers with uh Graham Parsons and Chris Hillman from the Birds. And um, ended up being a studio musician out there in L.A. Worked with everybody, you know, um, Leon Russell and Dr. John and his closest neighbor on one side was... Uh, out in the redwoods was uh, Booker T from Booker T and the MGs. And, you know, he hung out with Rita Coolidge and all those people, you know, he, I mean, you know, it, 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 so basically when I was a little kid growing up, cousin Chris was like fucking Jesus Christ to me, you know, it, it's like, I never wanted to be anything else, uh, other than, other than a fucking musician. Uh, cause that was that was in the family, and it was sort of like understood that it was in the blood, as it were. So um, yeah, you know, I grew up in a very musical family, not my immediate family, but my all my mama's uh family and my kin through my mama's family. Um, you know, so that that influenced me uh from the time I was from the time I was little bitty, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, you know, I I grew up listening to everything because as as old as I am, which is as old as dirt, you know, um, basically, basically, you know, all I grew up listening to when I was little was AM radio. So one minute it would be Elvis Presley, and the next minute it would be The Temptations, and the next minute it would be Rare Earth, and the next minute it would be, I don't know, The Monkees, you know? Mm -hmm. So um that was all there and uh I can honestly say and this is not an elaboration that the first time I ever heard a slide guitar was I was up at my papa's house my grandfather's house and my dad was walking me back from there was a there was a a hand dug well down the road from my my papa's house that I like to go down to because the water tasted you know sweet and it was really cold and it he had to draw it up from the well, and we mm-hmm. were on the way back from the well, and uh, we passed this sharecropper's house, and it was way up on this hill. There are not many hills in Mississippi either, but it was on a hill um, over over the road, which was a dirt road at the time, and um, he was out on his porch, front porch, and he was playing an electric guitar, tiny little lamp, I don't know what it was, um, but he was playing an electric guitar, with a with a uh, a steak knife, like or a butter knife I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell, but he but he was playing slide with a with a knife and I didn't know what even that meant. You know, all I knew was that that sound got into my head, and uh I haven't been the same since let's let's put it like that. But, so yeah, growing <laughs> growing up where I grew up maybe affected me a little bit as far as as far as uh you know who I am
1: musically and who I am and I mean like that's I guess if you like trace the roots back to like you know doom metal and whatnot a lot of people can trace that right back to kind of your neck of the woods, I mean like Robert Johnson is kind of like the guy that comes up pretty often when they talk about you know creating the blues and obviously like the the devil imagery and the occult shit and whatnot
0: oh hell yeah baby i mean you know uh robert johnson and for me uh, you know look man the mississippi boys are where it's at as far as i'm concerned you know you got robert johnson straight off the bat but but also willie dixon who probably wrote some of the the greatest blues songs that have ever been recorded um at least from that original uh you know from the not from the first recorded blues but but from the, the Chicago era, the Chicago blues, mm-hmm. the electric blues, I mean, Willie Dixon from Vicksburg, Mississippi, uh, played stand up bass and and wrote most of those songs. I mean, he wrote for Muddy Waters, who was, you know, a Mississippi boy who was from outside Rolling Fork and uh, and also Howlin' Wolf, who's another fucking hero of mine. You know, yeah. I mean, he wrote he wrote probably every you know well-selling song that either of those two gentlemen ever ever put out he wrote uh arranged uh organized a session um you know and uh yeah fucking genius of the blues as far as i'm concerned. so yeah that's that dim dims my roots you know between that and uh you know growing up in uh uh foot washing baptist as my mother's people used to call it growing up in a household uh of of that where it's like you know those people those people worshiped with music and uh the the kind of stuff that they sang my my dad's church was a, a church that actually did not have any instruments in the church you know they were like that it was like lift no other instrument but your voice to god you know that kind of thing yeah. And uh, did that crazy shape note singing and stuff, which uh, it, I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about. But, Is that like um, throat singing? No, it's, it's, um, you can find, if you look up shape note, shape note singing, it's like what they would do. They'd all sit and it was, it was very, it was very, I don't know, kind of uh, revolutionary. They'd all sit in a circle. So, There would be that whoever was leading the song would stand in the middle and it wasn't the choir director. People would take turns, but um, somebody would stand in the middle and they'd have two books. And one of them had the the lyrics, which would be considered the Psalms and the other book had the tunes and they were called shape notes songs or shape note singing because the, the book with the tunes would just have these diamonds and stars and stuff and that was to indicate where the part was on the cleft. it's it's kind of weird it's very strange but but they would start off like the amazing grace is one of those songs that started off in this in this idiom and they would um the first time it would go around they would be going la 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 di lo so 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 di ra rah rah you know they they sing it mm-hmm. with the with the 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 names of you know the notes on the cleft like that de la that stuff um but it was called and then they they'd go around a couple of times and everybody figure out their part and then they would say okay well we're singing it to this hymn or this psalm so then they would bring the words in on top of i don't know weird weird weird
1: shit. Hmm. um Wow, I didn't know um, anything it, about that. I'm sure there's like some fucking music it, nerd that listens to this, and there's gonna be like this fucking idiot think he's talking about throat singing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. Throat singing's awesome. But uh, yeah, I, you know, look up, look, look up uh, the shape note. The shape note singing. It's, it's really old. It's from well, uh, from the 1800s, mid-eight, mid early 1800s. It's an uh, interesting form. Oh, but nice anyway, yeah, that's out. what. The church my dad grew up in, they were still doing that shit when when he was a boy. So, hmm. yeah. And anyway, yeah. Another aspect of of uh, uh, my musical heritage. <laughs>
1: um. So you you mentioned that you were in a punk rock band, um, in Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, so was that when you started to explore like heavier music? And did that eventually lead to like heavy metal or? You know, I mean, I don't even know. Mom, I, for all I know, you, you, you might not be a, a, a traditional heavy metal guy.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I almost I almost don't want to talk about that because, you know, I feel like uh, some people won't really like me if I tell them the truth, you know. But, I mean, <laughs> the, re- <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck I mean, the reality is, look, haters, man. Uh, but, no, I mean, I grew up, I, I listened to the, the first wave of 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 rock as a little kid and and like the first things that people would think of as metal as a little kid. You know, I like Live at Leeds and uh Burn by Deep Purple and you know, stuff like that. I mean, I was into that. And then mm-hmm. Glam. I I thought that I fucking loved Mick Ronson. I, I thought Mick Ronson was the greatest guitarist known to man. You know, I mean, him, basically he and Leslie West were like my favorite guitarist because it's like, Hey, a fucking Les Paul and a Marshall, man. It's like, what else, what else is there? What else do you want? Um, <laughs> but, and then I, and then I, 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 this is, this is where, this is where I, I, I need to take, you know, the lash, I guess, because I, I, I went from that, I'd always I listened to blues my whole life and love slide guitar, but uh out of the sort of heavy rock of the time and then the glam thing, I I didn't want to go towards I, you know, I could only stand so much Alice Cooper. I thought it was dumb. Um, <laughs> you know, I I I I could only stand so much Kiss. I thought it was dumb. You know, I mean Love Gun, okay? I, I get it, I get it you know but whatever um so I, I, I for better or for worse i sort of <clears throat> went the the prog route um i was really into bands like dent generator and um who were very intense in their way especially if you listen to an album like pawn hearts um it's it's really fucking crazy and intense and uh there's not much more intense okay musically i mean it's not metal but it was really intense. I also I like, really liked, you know, some, yes, I, I, I thought that Steve Howe was one of the greatest guitarists in the world at the time. I mean, he was playing Chet Atkins on speed, basically, you know, through, through a giant M. I mean, what, what could be better than that? Um, you know, and I, I, liked, I liked early Genesis. I, Foxtrot was maybe one of my favorite albums of all time. Until you know, I and mean, it still is, let's face it. So I, I went into the Prague thing, and then, you know, about the time that punk happened, I was ready for it. You know, I was ripe for it. Um, and you know, growing up down south, I didn't want to play with guys that played country. My family did that, you know, That was mm-hmm. not my that was not my thing. Didn't want to do that. And I I didn't want to be in a cover band. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like do Boston covers and shit like that, you know?
1: Which Nobody was the alternative. To covers,
0: <laughs> Right. I mean, I mean, basically it was like, oh, you know, have you heard Boston? Have you heard Journey? Have you heard the new Kiss Record? You know, and it's like, no, dude. Never. You know, it's like when and, and so, yeah. So we were a punk band and uh it was very interesting because, you know, you still had to play bars and we, we were like, you know, coming out of high school and I was, I I, I was, you know, wanted to be an artist and I was in school uh, to be an artist I got a little scholarship. And so I was in a, a university doing, you know, I was a, I was a painting major and, um, some some guys that uh, I barely knew from high school because, you know, they were a year older than me and they were too cool for me. But um <laughs> turn, turned out that they were coming down to the same town that I was going to school in. And I just walked up to them one day and I'm like, you know, I think that we should be in a band together. And they were like, yeah. And uh, so... We started playing in um, my bedroom uh, in a rental house in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And, you know, the only place – well, okay. My landlord, who was this elderly woman, got a message from one of my neighbors that someone had seen a young woman leave my apartment, uh, you know, the walk of shame at like seven o'clock in the morning. And so my landlord threw me out because, because I was clearly not married to that girl. And uh, therefore I was being, you know, a reprobate and a horrible sinner. And um, so she threw me out. So we we had no place to rehearse. So we found, well, one of my, guys in the band found this bar this horrible horrible literally holes in the wall literally <laughs> you could you could see the parking lot from the pool table through the wall
1: <laughs> just in case um, anyone was stealing your car you could see it
0: woo yeah it's right there and um it was it was it was called the keg and um the keg was on a frontage road uh, that ran along the, the highway and the the keg was like this old tired bar that catered to methamphetamine uh, alcoholic truckers and worn out um you know lounge lizard road lizards and um this this guy was like you know i couldn't believe that that my friend Ben who was in the band with me he was such a, a reprobate he he had no, he had no, no humility and no shame. And he went in there knowing what kind of place this was and that we obviously clearly did not fit in. And he walked in there and like, my band needs a place to play. And this is it. And convinced the guy. So the next week we're there rehearsing. And basically he's like, look, you can rehearse here Monday to Thursday every day from 2 p.m. to midnight. There will be people here, maybe. There may be customers. All I'm asking is that you don't upset them, but you'll get free beer and you can rehearse here every day. And all I ask in return is that you play at least one night on the weekend. So we, we suddenly were the house band of this fucking trucker dive on the side of the road, and we're <laughs> punk. we we were a punk band, and we're playing at the Keg for these like alcoholic, you know, falling over in their beer uh, truckers who just on their everybody's on their last legs, you know. And it's like we got to do something because we got to connect somehow. So we started playing Neil Young, and we're like we're like doing this punk shit. And we're but 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 we're playing Neil Young and it was all sort of you know you could you could kick to it, you know, you could you could stomp to it. And um, it ended up being this crazy scene where we're like there were there were Friday and Saturday nights where they're like frat boys dancing on tables to like to 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 Johnny Rotten, you know, it it, it was it was insane. And um, it would have gone on forever, except uh, we found out about two months into it that well, you, you know that scene in in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he realizes he's in a biker bar and he has to play uh, tequila. Um, yeah, it was that. <laughs> They're
1: uh, like, oh shit.
0: Yeah, suddenly, suddenly, it's like that. The noise went up in the other room and we're playing and everybody's having a grand old time and then all of a sudden there's like wait what's that sound it's louder than the band and it was this uh this group of of individuals known as the Diamondbacks and uh i guess they were associated with the, the angels but it was like a mm-hmm. southern a southern subchapter um you know and they did they did what you do they ran drugs and Probably killed people for the you know the New Orleans mob and whatever else they needed to do to keep them in speed, you know. And it was a a fight or flight moment. And this guy walked up to the stage, walked right up in front of me, and slammed a beer bottle over his own head, and like just looked at me and went ah! and I thought, i'm I'm dead. He's gonna take the bottle and shove it into under my chin. And that's the end of, that's the end of Little Earl. And um, (laughs) instead, he just started like doing a little dance. He's like doing a little dance in front of us. And I'm like, he's just making fun of me and he's going to kill me. But anyway, the Diamondbacks ended up thinking we were just grand. And, um, you know, we, we, we kept that going for I don't know, months, months until we actually started getting real gigs. And eventually the band was doing what well, we were doing. We were, we were doing six nights a week there, but, you know, we weren't, we weren't getting paid for it. We were just getting paid in beer. But um, we ended up doing like five nights a week uh, regionally, um, you know, doing four hour long sets every night, which is insane. But I guess it 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 builds character as they say, right?
1: yeah, it gives you some grit,
0: <laughs> yeah, I might have what? a little grit, I mean, you know, I mean these stories are real, I'm not making them up, and at the time it 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 was legit, man, but um, you know, I've got friends I lived up in Canada for a while in uh, Hamilton in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Which which is a very blue collar, steel steelworkers town, you know. And, yes, it is. And uh, I love the Hammer, man. It's a it's a great place. Um, I've still got great friends up there. But but one of these friends like saw an old video, like, like an old live video of us playing, you know. And it was like we were doing what we could, what we were doing in Mississippi, because you know it was it was all shock value and shit down there. And we were like it was tongue in cheek and um you know basically we're like asking to get beaten up you know we're mm-hmm. kissing each kissing each other on stage and doing all this silly shit basically you know we'd do monkeys covers and it it was pretty silly. So these guys from from Hamilton saw this and were like, this ain't punk. You know, if you'd come up here we would have beaten the shit out of you and thrown you in the yard. You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know. It's all context, man. It's all context.
1: So uh, eventually that's got to lead you, you know, to where you are now though.
0: Well, it's a long, strange trip, baby, but yeah, it, it does. It does. Um, I moved to, I moved up to the city, you know, on a wing and a prayer and with totally, you know, I was too late for the CBGB scene and. I met this girl and she was English. So I was in love because she was English. <laughs> and, um, cause when, you know, you're growing up in Mississippi, it's like, if you, if you think you're smart or at least you, ex- you, you know, at least you respect smart people, the only thing you can watch on TV is like Monty Python and Dr. Who. Um, that's, that's the only smart shit that was on television down there, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, it, it's English. And I, I thought all the best music was English. So, you know, I, I'm, I met an English girl and I was like, oh, God, you got to marry me. So that happened. And um, unfortunately, she didn't want to play live. She had she wanted to be involved in my music, but she had stage fright. So being the fool that I was, I was like, oh, OK. Um, so I, I I basically stopped doing i stopped playing live and it was i don't know it it may have saved my life because uh being being in new york city on the lower east side in the early 80s uh if i had been going out every night to play you know i might not have survived honestly
1: yeah Um, it's uh it's not quite the place it once was. Uh, my no. my ma- my mom was uh grew up in the punk scene, so she has told me that the Lower East Side is is not the the wondrous hipster paradise that it is now.
0: <laughs> oh God, no, man. Although although I used to, I moved when I moved to the city. I used to walk around barefoot, you know, in in on St. Mark's, and I lived on the corner of uh, Second Avenue and Fourth Street. Um, mm-hmm it was a dirty, nasty place, but, but, you know, I was from Mississippi. I walk around barefoot. I still walk around barefoot. I, you know, you I play barefoot. I, for me. Well, that's so that's more like almost a religious experience for me. It's like, you know, when you go into a mosque, you know, you take your shoes off out of respect. You want to get closer to, mm. to, to the deity. And it, and it's the same in like uh, voodoo and hoodoo culture as well. You know, you don't, mm. you don't go into a, you don't go into a voodoo church with your shoes on, man. You don't, you don't try to meet the spirit with your shoes on. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to meet the spirit. That's what I, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, right. I ended up and I ended up up here. Um, it's a longer story than we probably have time for, you know, but Hey, it, 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 I'm glad I'm here. I, I would not want to be back in Mississippi. I would not want to be back in the South. I, although, you know, when I thought about moving out of the Mississippi, it was like, oh, should I go to Austin or San Francisco or New York? And I chose the city. Um, I'm not sure it was the best idea, but here
1: we is, ain't we? It's the one you did.
0: Yeah, it's the one I did.
1: But that, so then, you know, and eventually you get up to Hudson Valley and now, you know, you're in, in Shadow Witch. And like, were you always aware of uh, the doom scene or like whatever you want to call it, the underground heavy scene? Or did you have to like seek it out eventually?
0: The the sad truth is I'd been in other bands up here and other recording projects and stuff. And uh, they they were nothing like, shadow witch i'll just say that um you know I, I did stuff that was much more sort of uh blues based even even like you know with some gospel influences that sort of thing like black gospel mm-hmm. um but uh shadow witch sort of happened by accident i had i had been trying to get into a couple of bands uh because i realized it's like there's no reason for me not to be singing this music you know, it's it's some of the first stuff that I ever listened to when I was a kid. Um, I have an affinity for it. My voice, it fits my voice. So I really need to be doing this. So anyway, I I tried to get into a couple of bands and they didn't take me seriously. Um, And then I, you know, somebody, somebody, actually the first person, the the guy that tried to start the band that became Shadow Witch, this bass player named Colin Brown, he was never in the band shadow witch but he he started it um mm-hmm. anyway he approached me because he had done this totally other thing this very randomly other thing which is actually very kind of appellation like hillbilly music um that i was doing i found this guy from kentucky uh ed butler he's from kentucky i'm from mississippi and you know we'd both spent our whole lives trying to get away from the music that our grandparents had anything to do with and we met each other and started singing together and it 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 suddenly became it it worked you know our voices harmonized really easily together and so we were doing this sort of Appalachian kind of thing which I was great but anyway Colin was playing stand up in that band <clears throat> and he wanted to try to get me to singing this other thing, because he knew I could, he knew I had pipes, he knew I could sing, you know. Um, so, he brought me in, and that band did not work out at all. Uh, I told them point blank, I, I did not want to be involved. Um, then, like, a few months later, I was approached again by the same guys. Uh, again, I listened to what they were doing and tried to dig it. And it was not happening at all. I, for me, and I said, no, thanks. I just can't do this. And then like, a, you know, like another month after that um, they had changed lineup again and I heard it and I was like, yeah, I want in. I, I, this is, this is something that I can get behind and um, started, started with that. But the reality is, man, we, we were, we were writing songs. um you know, Jeremy, the guitarist, <clears throat> is the youngest guy in the band. And um, so he's got certain metal influences. Um, and then Dave, the bass player, he's much more of a punk uh, guy. So between the three of us, which is sort of the writing team, um, you know, you got this more more directly metal thing, more punk thing and then just me and i'm i'm essentially i'm a blues singer uh but i can i can sing anything you know um trying to be honest i mean i can you know (laughs) i got i got chops i got chops i can sing but um i I got i grew up singing in choirs you know whatever it but um anyway uh pat harrington heard the demos pat mr pat geezer harrington heard the demos and we're friends we've been friends for a while and he he was friends with jeremy he was friends with dave and he was like listen man (laughs) he's like i don't know what you guys think you're doing but here's what you're doing and this is this is what you're doing and this is what you got to call it and Hear these bloggers, and you need to get in touch with them and tell them, you know, blah, blah, blah. And around about that time, you know, Dave heard COC was going to be playing at, uh, uh, oh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the place down in Poughkeepsie, <laughs> famous venue down there anyway. Um, and he just, you know, like cold called him, was like, Hey, we're a new band, uh, and you should have us open for the have us open for the Coc show. And they listen to the demo, and we open for the Coc show. And, oh, that's
1: really cool.
0: <laughs> and that was really that was really the beginning of it. We we had at the time we just had this three song demo, um, and on the strength of that three song demo, and the Coc show. We kind of like nudged our way into the scene, you know, with, with, with Pat sort of suggesting who I should call or who I should, you know, write, um, who would maybe review something, you know? And, um, that's really how it happened.
1: That's pretty fucking cool.
0: Yeah, it really is. I, we, we owe, we owe a lot to Pat for opening that door, you know? um well,
1: there's, some the, good, there's some there's some pretty like uh known bands coming out of the hudson valley area now you know obviously well, yourself and um hudson valley Kaiser, heavy
0: baby hudson valley heavy
1: uh sun voyager it's another one yeah we talked yep. to them in a couple uh, of weeks
0: i tell you what man uh it's not night it's space do you know those guys
1: <laughs> no i don't
0: they they are really fucking hey you know what you there
1: Well, I don't know what, what you're showing me. You are a froze up Earl.
0: Just talking about how Pat Harrington really, you know, kind of helped us make it happen. Uh, Him, him being, it it was funny. It's like we were talking, you know. I think at a bar, we were having a, you know, we were having a pint. He's like, "Dude, here's what you got to do. What are you doing tomorrow night?" I'm like, "Nothing." He's like, "Come to my house," and. We'll sit down, bring a notepad, and we'll sit down and we'll figure this out. And that's exactly what we did. And I went over to his house and he's like, okay, here's this site and this site and this site. And here's this blogger. And you got to get in touch with JJ, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it went from there, you know, it was like that. And um, he's like, look, man, you already, you, you, you opened up for COC. So... I mean, that's the first thing that you gotta say. That's it. You know, the first thing you say is, hey, we just opened up for COC. And yeah. um and 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 that helped <laughs> you know, tremendously. Um, you know, I think we we either sold or gave away like I don't know, at least a couple of hundred demos that night. So um it was, you know, that was the beginning. That really was the beginning. Um, I don't know if we played even more than one gig at the time that we did that, honestly. Um, you know, it's just right place at the right time as far as that that sort of, you know, we needed some sort of, some sort of push start, some sort of impetus Mm -hmm. and, and that was it. That was it. So, you know, hopefully there's no looking back, you know, it's, uh, just go, go with it. Take it as it comes, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So with the band together now, um, you know, like I, I delved into the Shadow Witch discog today because um, we were talking, and uh, it's it's got kind of that like energetic approach to you know whatever you want to call it, you know, doom, stoner metal, or metal, whatever. Kind of like a Red Fang vibe, but like you said, you're yeah, yeah. You're, a, you're a you're a blues singer by trade, so it's got more of that vocal personality of like a Neil Fallon. And whatnot so like you know and you, right. you, you kind of talked about it a little bit before you have like your one guy your uh guitar players channeling the metal and then dave uh and i know dave uh i uh he's bringing his punk influence and yeah, whatever else yeah. he's listening to so it's like it's like a kind of a big coming together of the major genres and whatnot but like are you channeling right. anybody else when you're up there
0: Oh, you mean, who are my singing influences?
1: Yeah. Is that like, what you mean, I guess, yeah. Like who are your like vocal influences? And then I like, guess like, where are you guys pulling from for the band sound and like, kind of, how do you well, go about that?
0: Right. Um, well, I guess, you know, like, as far as like Dave and Jeremy go, I think they kind of meet where, where they, where they meet up is, is the new wave of British metal, you mm-hmm. know? Dave is more into that, but Jeremy certainly is heavily influenced by it as well. You know, I think Jeremy grew up more thinking about grunge, um, right? Than, than Dave did, but honestly, from my perspective, from the perspective of a vocalist, you know, the grunge thing has much more of a uh, a solid appeal to me than than most of most of that new wave of british metal stuff does i mean obviously i respect the fuck out of some of those vocalists but but the grunge thing has an earthiness and um yeah and and you know people make comparisons with my voice to people that were involved in that scene and and um the the grunge scene and i certainly hear it i i You know, look, I I I never tried to imitate any of those guys because I was already, you know, a grown man when I when I heard them. But um, I certainly think that we share some influences. Um, You know, I'm older, but I never stop listening. I'm not one of those guys. It's like, oh God, wasn't music great when you were in high school? You know, (laughs) yeah. That's that's never been my scene. And, um, you know, I mean, I've got a kid and honestly, he's turned me on to shit that I, I know I honestly never would have heard if it hadn't mm-hmm. been for him. And it's like, and it's some of the stuff that I love, you know, because like, it's like, look, it's, it's like one of the first records that he remembers me ever playing him was Eno's uh, Taking Tiger Mountain by Strategy um you know i don't know if you're familiar with that but um... i'm
1: familiar with eno and like you know i think everyone kind of does like a, at least at least dips their toe into brian Eno at, at one point you know because you have to sure you have to be able well, to I'm... understand how how slow music can go and how like sort of light and ethereal it is but at the same time well i mean he rose too and like production well sure but
0: but 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 he was in Roxy Music when it was uh, that, you know, too, yeah, when it was the punkest, the punkest band in the scene, you know, on the on the British coast. And and his first his first solo album, Here Come the Warm Jets, has a song called Babies on Fire, which is probably Robert Fripp's angriest guitar solo ever. <laughs> you know, um, so so it's like. Yeah, I know he's the father of uh, ambient music, but the, the 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 guy has uh has traveled serious turf, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, anyway, I I I guess I guess you know, look, that Dave Dave was into the punk thing and and thrash. Jeremy, like I say, more grunge, but also into the the thrash scene are the drummer that's on Our second and our latest, the second and third records, uh, Doug, you know, he was he was heavily involved in the the New York hardcore scene. He, you know, played in he was in Murphy's Law. Okay. And um, so I mean, he toured with the Beastie Boys, you know, hung out with Fugazi and all those guys, you know. So there's that aspect to uh you know comes into what has made the band what it is um you know i i guess it it but but i I think the thing about i think the thing about shadow Witch is it it doesn't sound directly like anything hopefully
1: well it there, does it, but but to the what I liked about it when I was listening to it today was I was like, Oh, they're not just sitting here like, like just cresting on like one riff over and over again, you know, like you can, it's got speed and like, it has like a pop approach to like the song structures and whatnot. And so it has like a liveliness to it. Sure.
0: I, I think, I think that's, uh, for better or for worse, that's, that's me in that, the, the structure, um, because basically, what 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 happens is when the when we get together, uh, you know, the where we were doing the first part of the interview, I was out in my studio behind my house. You know, it's like I looked out with that building. It's, um, you know, like a twenty-four by twenty-four foot square mm-hmm. cinder block building with a concrete floor, and um, uh, you know, uh, I insulated it and all that and soundproofed it and whatever, but you know, I've got the recording gear set up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from that school that like tape always rolls, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, luckily now it's digital. So I'm not spending $50 a minute. You know, it's, 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 you can, you can record everything and not lose anything as long as, as long as there are no problems, you know? So the guys come in, somebody's got a riff. Um, and we, we go with that. And then, uh, somebody will say, okay, well, I, I, I might have a bridge for that. Or if, you know, if the person who brought in that initial riff doesn't have something, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we work as a band. It's, it's, um, nobody, nobody writes a complete song, uh, by themselves, you know, on the first record, uh, Uh, there are a couple of songs on that that I brought to the band that I had written beforehand. Um, But other than that, we, we write as, as a band, we write as, as a, as a unit and everybody, everybody throws down, everybody's ideas are worth as much as anybody else's Um, which is something that is very important for me in this band is I never in previous bands. Look, man, you know, I, I can do an album by myself, uh, and play everything, uh, with the, the aid of machines and whatnot, but it's not the same, you know, I'm not that kind of player where I could, you know, mm-hmm. really, I couldn't really do that. It's like, I'm, I'm faking it, you know, I'm or I'm, I'm, I, I know how to, I know how to use the studio as an instrument. Um, but, in other bands before Shadow Witch, uh, I was made to feel like second class, you know, because it's like I could I could write a song and I could bring it in. And then the the wise ass in the band would say, oh, well, what key is that in? And I'm like, I don't have any I don't I don't have any fucking idea what, I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know, you're the musician. You're the musician. You're listening to it. I wrote it. You're hearing it. Can't you tell what key it's in? Why are you asking me? You know, it's like I I I just made it up. You know, I I do this shit by ear, dude. You know, um, but anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say is, with shadow witch, um, somebody else can come in with with, you know, with an idea, and we can be in the middle of something, and I can go, oh oh oh, I I hear something, and uh, I can sing it to them and it gets taken with the same amount of, of anyway, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm treated as a musician. That's what I'm trying to Mm -hmm. say. Um, even though I'm standing there and just singing or humming the part to them, uh, I'm, I'm not discounted because of that, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not looked down on or joked at for, you know, because that's my that's my my way of, of working and thinking. So um, really, with with the band, it's it's been a blessing in that I, I feel respected uh, as a musician as well as just like, you know, I'm not just the tambourine player. You know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're not just there to be like, oh, we need a little extra rhythm when you're not singing.
0: Right, right. So, uh, anyway, that's a great thing, and I, you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy that that's the case. You know, I've, I've never quite had it like that in any of the other musical ensemble that I've been involved in. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty
1: great. Now, you mentioned that you were involved with some other things. I mean, um, along the way uh, and maybe currently, I mean, I know one of them was um, with uh, <clears throat> Ken from Eternal Black. You did vocals oh. on his like little pet project thing.
0: Absolutely. I've actually, I've got another one that he sent me to work on, but I think I, I, I went too far. I scared him. Uh, <laughs> he, I, I, I was like, because I I immediately heard I, I I heard what the song was about you know because he just sends like a guitar track basically yeah um and he's like it's it's like a guitar track with a click track you know and um I immediately heard this and I was like I know what this song's about this song's about uh this this because I had read a a you know an article about this woman uh in the you know, German woman in the Midwest in the early 20th century who had like basically gone on a rampage, you know, she had like put, uh, you know, lonesome, lonesome widower ads in uh, uh, German speaking newspapers, you know, like Mm -hmm. come and meet me. Maybe you're my new husband kind of thing. And she basically killed all these dudes and took all their money and shit. Right and buried them buried them out in the pig pen and um so i'm like i got it i've got it you know this is it and uh started working on it but my brain like i said with like jeremy where i i, I just go you know balls deep and suddenly there suddenly there's like a brass section on it and there's timpani i put timpani on it and there's a brass section and uh I put some mellotrons on it and Ken just like I hear silence on the other end you know his response his response is just silence uh after he's after he's listened to what I'm working on and he he his 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 response eventually is like I don't know man I don't think I don't think symphonic rock is what we're trying going for here you know <laughs> It's like, this is not symphonic rock. <laughs> this is the bad seeds, you know? <laughs> but That's but, funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, I still, and I still haven't been able to do it because I can still, every time I try to work on that, that piece, I can still hear, I can still hear the brass section. I still hear the horn section. I'm like, no, man, the horn section needs to be there, you know? But um. Anyway, yeah, um, did a collaboration with Ken, which that first one worked out pretty well. I thought it sounded pretty good. It did, it did sound um, good. um, Also, uh, we were talking about Geezer earlier, the original drummer for Geezer, um, this ridiculously talented man, uh, Chris Turco, Um, Jesus Christ, if I could be in a band with anybody, honestly, I'd be in a band with Chris. He, he's just, he's just one of those guys. He can play everything. Um, he play, he can, you know, he plays baritone guitar and drums like a fiend. Um, you don't even get an impression of what he can do from, from the first geezer record, honestly. Um, but anyway, he started this project with actually with shadow Witch, the, the first drummer for shadow Witch. anthony backs uh and some of the songs anthony plays drums on but mainly anthony plays like distorted bass and um and chris plays everything else plays like baritone guitar and guitar and drums and and um I did, I did some vocals on a, a, something that it, I, I forget the name of the project, man. I'm sorry. Um, but it's Chris Turco. Um, but he, he, it actually got put out on TP, TP records. Cause he's from up a uh, Rochester area. And, oh, okay. um, yeah.
1: I'm very familiar with Rochester. I have a very good friend who lives up there.
0: Well, Chris is from up there. And so he has this connection with TP and, um, so there's, there's an EP that the two of them did, and I, I think I ended up doing, you know, writing, writing words and uh, doing vocals for about half the, half the EP. Um, so I, th- that's something I'm really proud of. Um, I, I, you know, cause it's, it's, it's not at all like Shadow Witch. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm singing from a different perspective, you know? So that's, that's really nice. So that's, that was, that was great because basically it's like he sent me one song or one, you know, one instrumental. He's like, yeah, you think you can do something with this? And, you know, this was right after the, the, the initial shutdown from COVID. And I think, I think basically he sent me, you know, an MP3 and four hours later, I had words written and a lead vocal and three-part harmony on it and backwards, you know, effects and shit. Um, And so he's like, Hey, you want to do another one? And uh, I think, yeah. So we did like half, you know, three or maybe, maybe even four or five songs uh, in about five days. Um, Well, you know, I mean, that's the thing, man. I, I, I'm I'm fast <laughs> and and I especially under a situation where you know you get a lot of pent up energy and I, mm. I just love to write I love to write and I I love being in the studio you know as fast as as fast as I can push record and get a level I, I'm I'm there I just that's my that's really my vehicle that's been the situation since I was you know, uh, a young buck and let's see what else I, I, I I started a second project actually with Chris. Um, it's going to be the new super group, you know, it was like, um, Chris Turco on, on drums and baritone and stuff. Um, and, and bass and, um, and he, he got, he got Pat to, um, play, uh, a solo on it and and i did the vocals and i i thought this was going to be you know the next big thing and then he got pissed off on me at me and um uh (laughs) he hasn't put that one out um but uh you know that's the way things go artists you know and then um another thing that that has happened another project that we did uh pat was involved in this one as well with with our friend um Jesse Cunningham who's oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. very you know Jesse?
1: Yeah, he was or at you know the that. he was at the High Lung show with us, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, 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 he and his 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 woman Erica. Um and uh Jesse's a very talented guitarist um, and writer and he had he had some stuff that he wanted to do and um I think initially he just basically he started doing it with pat um and pat was just like throwing down some drums in like what do they call that uh jam band that program yeah. uh so pat was laying down drums in band jam band just to like get something on tape you know and mm-hmm. uh and basically he and jesse were doing all the instruments and or, well and, and then um back in the day jesse was in a band with my bass player dave and our current drummer uh justin Zipperley, um and uh called the blind ambassadors and so for this project and there's only only one song has come out but but it's it's out there um but uh yeah that's with with justin on drums and and, jesse on guitars and he wrote it and i i put i put i wrote lyrics and sang it and pat plays uh i think pat's playing bass on that um um i think it's called i think it's, i think that number is called the the below below the beneath or something like that but um it's out there on Bandcamp. um but yeah i mean there have been a lot of little projects um like that I that I feel very lucky to have been involved in, I mean, you know, mainly because, you know, people that know me, um, well, I, I'm, I, I should say people that know me, that like me or that respect <laughs> me, <laughs> um, you know, know know that I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty quick study and, uh, you know, I like to move, I like to move fast. I I'm energetic and, um, you know, pretty creative. <clears throat> I can come up with, I can come up with ideas pretty quickly. And so, um, you know, I've been lucky in that and that, uh, folks have called on me during this thing. Honestly, otherwise, I, I I think I'd be a lot crazier than I am without getting to, uh, do all these little side jaunts, um, which brings me to, I, you know, I haven't sent it to you yet, but I, I want to send you this, um, this piece that I've been working on by myself. You remember when the drummer from Mono Lord, like, just oh, put a bunch he, of
1: yeah, 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 When Esben put up a bunch of uh, drum tracks, yeah, yeah. I, I have them. I, I, I have them saved as a link. I was like, maybe I'll fuck around with this and do something with it.
0: Well, I decided to do it, and yeah. um, so I, 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 I downloaded them all. You know, got them all on my system and uh but i i there was one that i i kept thinking I, I, I gotta do something with this loop i gotta do something with this loop and then i was you know i was just fucking around on the computer and um you know watching watching documentaries and shit and then i was listening to uh i was listening to Uma Guma, um the, the floyd album um mm-hmm. uh, and I'd forgotten how much I liked this little song that Roger Waters put on there on his little solo section of that album, uh, "Grandchester Meadows," and and I thought, well, you know, it, it's a very it's a very quiet sort of pastoral song about basically sitting in you know sitting in a room in the city in your apartment or whatever. And just remembering this really pastoral, lovely day, um, mm-hmm. and I thought I, I I could fuck that up. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's what I did. So I used uh, I used I, I, I used his drum loop, and um, then then I commenced to put everything down on it so it's um you know it's me on me playing bass and me playing um a bunch of mellotrons and me playing um some slide guitar and and singing so but anyway i mean i can send you some other stuff too but but i i was thinking about it because i i I just started working on it this week and Mm -hmm. um i was out in the studio earlier today and i'm like fuck maybe 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 he'll play this. Maybe you play this. So um, anyway, I mean, it's just it's just sort of it's an example of the sort of thing that I would do, but I that I do when I'm by myself, you know, Uh, left to my own devices.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it's good to know that you've kept busy during all this, you know.
0: Well, there's only so much you can masturbate, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. That's for damn true. I mean, look, Uh, I try,
0: I do try,
1: but. Is there anything you want to like plug or promote? I mean, obviously you've, you know, you just talked about it at length, but I guess where like people can find you and whatnot or find your bands.
0: Well, look, um, you know, right as the pandemic was setting in, uh, we released our most recent album. Mm -hmm. Um, and many people, mainly me, um, think that it may be our best um it's certainly the most personal uh album for me it's written from a very specific place um and uh anyway we're we're very proud of it but 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 i'm i'm very proud of it it was very it was very painful (laughs) honestly uh to a painful process to to get through it um but um like i say very very personal record for me and um you know once again uh it's always this way right i mean uh people at the when you first release something they're like this album is a real contender from for album of the year kind of thing Mm -hmm. and and then then the world happens and uh people completely forget about it especially this year that's one of those things but you know i mean we did release it in february for christ's sake so people have had a whole year to forget about it um (laughs) but uh anyway i think i think under the shadow of the witch is a a a pretty darn good record and I, i i hope people will uh go out of their way to maybe listen to it um it's 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 uh, it's definitely our most 70s sounding record. and I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. It just happens to be the way it worked out. Um, but um, I think it's a pretty damn good record. Um, very proud of it. Uh, we recorded it, mixed it, and mastered it all with the same guy. This gentleman named Paul Orofino down in Millbrook. He has a place called Millbrook Sound Studios. And he has uh, an amazing set of ears in his head. He's the real deal, man. He, you know, he's, he's, you know, he hangs out with all those guys that people talk of as legends. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. you know, one of his best buds is uh, Eddie Offord, you know, who did Jesus Christ. Um, you know, uh, well, so much. It, it, you should look it up if you don't know. That's all I can say look up eddie offered on wikipedia and wikipedia um he will for one thing he he helped build and he was the, the staff engineer for hendrix uh electric lady um, okay did
1: a lot of work he with, also, uh, elp yes
0: yeah i mean he he did he did he was the live mixer engineer for uh yes songs for that tour and that album i mean the guy's been around forever Um, but anyway, all I'm saying is, is Paul is on that level. He's an amazing, amazing talent. And, um, I feel really blessed to know him as a friend and, uh, being able to, uh, rely on him as an engineer, as, as, a really on this last record on, uh, under the shadow of a witch, he was really kind of like a Mm co-producer in that. I mean, his ideas were just as strong coming in on some of the things. just the way that we approach certain solos and that sort of thing, you know, he had uh, uh, an opinion that, in some cases, was outside of what we would have thought to do or outside of the box for us. and um yeah, just and 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 once again, you know i it must be because I'm incredibly insecure, but you know, this is a man who really respects me and as a singer (laughs) uh that's really important you know when you have an engineer Mm -hmm. that that honestly cares about the way your voice is recorded and is not afraid to tell you that yeah well that's kind of sucked and you know you should do that part again or you know sometimes you think that you know what you just did was horrible and he's like no man you know that was you know, that's, that's as good as, as, you know, that's as, that's as good as anybody could do. It's, it's very, it's very special to have somebody that you trust to, you know, basically believe them when they say something like that. So.
1: uh, Well, yeah, I mean, that's, there has to be that aspect of it in the, in the music industry. I mean, if, if, you know, people are like, taking it seriously and you know doing it and like writing from the heart and everything like that you know people like that who and i think and i will say that like uh you know we didn't talk about it a ton but i do feel like that's very true kind of in the heavy metal scene and otherwise that people really do give a shit about the way it sounds and that's why i always you know tell my friends who aren't into as heavy music but they want to check it check it out some of it might sound a little rough around the edges but like if you kind of can you if you can get past that a lot of what people do in bands in heavy metal bands and heavy music and production wise i mean it it really does take and it is an amazing talent like what people can do
0: a- absolutely and you know this is this is uh a tangent but just speaking about you know the community that we're in uh i I feel incredibly lucky to have been brought into this community you know the 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 stoner doom community being involved with you know claudia and ode to doom and Mm -hmm. uh, dave you know and and as well as like the folks down in in maryland um who are just so warm and so you know, they're just so open and, and, you know, they really opened up their, their hearts to us, the folks that, that run the Maryland Doom scene, which is an incredible, you know, it's an incredible little festival, man. But it's like, that. I guess what I was going to say is just like, it really, it feels much more like a community and a family than a lot of scenes. You know, it's not like people aren't fucking knifing each other in the back. Um, yeah. And and that's you know, that's not the case in every every scene. Things can get pretty cutthroat out there in certain places in certain, you know, genres. So oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like this little trip that we're all on together is is pretty damn positive. Um, you know, like I say, I'm lucky feel lucky to be involved in it.
1: It's funny, like when you like, you know, as I've gone along on this journey, you know, you meet people, you become friends with them. And, you know, somebody introduces you, you know, like Dave introduced us, uh, uh, yeah. like how we know each other. Um, And then you realize that, wow, I've been at a lot of the same places as, you know, a lot of future friends. And it's kind of like you know, we're not on this planet for a long time. So you kind of are like, damn, I kind of wish I knew about you like a year ago or like six months even just to like kind of. Yes. And you're like, oh man, it really does. It is like this kind of big family feel, but here we are. (laughs) That's exactly it. Yeah. And we
0: go from here forward. That's all we ever can do.
1: That's, that is, that's for damn sure. That is for damn sure. But yeah, heard loud and clear on that being, in a nice little, uh, community. And, uh, it's funny, that was one of the only concerts that I went to last year <laughs> it was that high lung concert. It was the first concert I went to of the year. And it was a pretty cool one. Yes, it
0: was. I, I, I felt, uh, well, I, 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 think I almost left my body at one point. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And that was, that was nothing but nothing but them. You know, I, I, I recorded one thing on my phone that I, I've still got it on my phone, one mm-hmm. video on my phone. And it's just, it, it's just unbelievable. I mean, you feel, you feel like it's, it, you're lifting off the ground when yeah. you're listening to it. So
1: yeah, that, very, was, that was, was a, a
0: magical experience. That was a magical experience. Yes, indeed. And that's, and that's what it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a ceremony, you know? Um, yeah and that's the 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 one thing that i that i you know without being pretentious without being contrived i that's one thing that i like to try to do and and wish i could do more of once again without being more contrived or seeming more pretentious and that's uh and and that's and that's to involve the ceremony you know Make, yeah be the be the ceremony i mean music's one of our our oldest gifts as human beings, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and uh, I, 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 as much as possible, I, I I wish at every performance to be able to try to take it back to the cave just for a minute, you know, take it, take it, take it back to that almost pre-language moment where we discovered
1: God, <laughs> God in the music.
0: Yes, yes, yeah, man.
1: Well, cool, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad we were, we were able to finally uh, pin this down and and Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. be able to catch up and and whatnot. So,
0: indeed. Um, well, I, I I I hope these ramblings aren't going to like you know. I, I hope there's some sense in there somewhere. I hope there's oh, a. Oh,
1: I think there is.
0: There's, I hope there's a line in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> there's that and a little bit of dead air.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that too.
1: So, well, Earl, thanks, man, for coming on. It's good to see you. Uh, you don't have Absolutely, to hop you off. Don't. You don't have to hop off immediately. I'm just gonna, I'll just wrap the broadcast here. But uh All right, that'll do it for this chapter of the diary. Thank you, man. Thank you,
0: brother. the grave.